the reason for Sweden's low smoking rates is due to a lot of things that kind of happen simultaneously over a long period of time. Um, and the key here is the use of oral snooze, uh, which most people know as a snooze. Uh, it's a, 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 a form of tobacco that you use uh, in your mouth. Hello, world. Welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello, dear vapers. My name is Lisa. I'm WVA's community manager, and you're listening to the podcast Vaping Unplugged. You can listen to our podcast on YouTube, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. As you already know, we are discussing vaping worldwide, and today we will be discussing an amazing real-life um, case study from Sweden together with Stefan Matheson, who is a journalist, vaping proponent, but first of all, a vapor himself. Hi, Stefan, and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Lisa. So let's talk Sweden. Um, Sweden is uh, about to become the first country in the world to achieve a daily smoking rate below five uh, percent, which will, uh, which is a benchmark to qualify it as a smoke-free country, and that's seventeen years ahead of the EU target. Um, it's one of the rarest practices uh, or examples in the world um, that shows how harm reduction policies actually improve public health. And as we know, Sweden has been uh, very successful in implementing harm reduction strategies through promoting a snooze for consumers. Um, and even though Swedish consumers are um, uh, using and consuming nicotine nowadays, they are using it in a safer form, uh, which results in the lowest lung cancer rates, um, also oral cancer, cardiovascular diseases, um, and all um, forms of other cancer forms in Europe. So, Stefan, could you um, tell us a little bit more how Sweden actually achieved this goal? How Sweden actually achieved the success? Well, um, it's, it's interesting to, 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 to listen to, to what you're saying, because it's all true, uh, by the way. Uh, uh, Sweden has the lowest smoking rates uh, in, in Europe. I don't know, among males, it's just, I think, the lowest in the world, or something like that. Uh, and it's all all true, but when it's when you you, you portray it as as a policy that that has been implemented, <laughs> I wouldn't say that's really true, uh, because Sweden the, the governments of Sweden have has never had a, a policy that that's that actually had this goal in this way, uh, but. Uh, just to make things complicated. The reason for Sweden's low smoking rates is due to a lot of things that kind of happen simultaneously over a long period of time. Um, and the key here is the use of oral snooze, uh, which most people know as a snooze. Uh, it's a, 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 a form of tobacco that you use uh, in your mouth, uh, uh, in, in a pouch, basically. Uh, and this has been a tradition in Sweden for a long time. Uh, and uh, the company that sells snooze in Sweden, Swedish Match, uh, has really promoted the product as an alternative to smoking. Uh, but they have done so uh, in opposite of the, of the public health agency. They have done so in opposite of, of, of uh, 
many governments during the years. Nevertheless, uh, snooze has really took off. Uh, uh, and the reason for that is probably many, but, but one of the biggest reasons is the, the quite harsh stance on, on cigarette smoking. Uh, so, for example, when we in Sweden we have banned smoking in, in in bars quite early. I mean, 2005, I think that was 2004, maybe uh, banned smoking in bars. For example, uh, by that time, people who were used to smoke when they were drinking alcohol maybe used snooze instead. Uh, we had some some other changes as well, but but. Many small things has led to the rise of snooze use. Uh, and when e-cigarettes came around, uh, so did nicotine pouches, which was a, was a form of snooze that, that, that was without tobacco, uh, and so on. And that has become popular uh, in the same way as snooze became popular, but uh, in other you know, parts of the, of the population. So if snooze used to be a male thing in Sweden, many many men use snooze, um, nicotine pouches has become big among women, um, uh, and so on. So all these little things that kind of work together drove down the smoking rates. But as most people in this in the harm reduction community, especially here in Sweden, would, would, would say, not because of any policy or anything, it's just because use has been allowed here. Uh, and when e-cigarettes came around and nicotine pouches came around in like 2000, or just like 2010 maybe, um, snooze was already here and the concept of harm reduction was already here. Uh, tobacco harm reduction, that is. So my take on all this is that when we now, 2023, talk about harm reduction for smokers, uh, Swedish politicians have a good idea of what it is and what it means. So now we're starting to get a, a kind of a more decent discussion on tobacco harm reduction, even within the governments. Uh, but the public health agency has never been pro-harm reduction in Sweden, ever. <laughs> They've been yeah. anti-harm reduction uh, and been, been promoting uh, bans on flavorings, bans on... On, on where you can use snooze sometimes even. So it's like, it's, it's a difficult thing to understand, <laughs> but, but it happened here in Sweden. And uh, as a tobacco harm reduction proponent, I mean, that's a, it's an interesting uh, development to see. Definitely. And it's very interesting that you're formulating in a way and telling us the story because it showcases the power of consumer, actually, because if consumers were using those products and it worked, it's it's really good that now harm reduction strategies are being implemented. But despite that, like in Sweden has shown us that THR works, the smoking rates were dropped by 55%, right? So it's like a huge improvement for public health. Nevertheless, the EU and WHO are still fighting harm reduction policies, even though they seem to have the same goal as us. They want to drop smoking rates. They want to drop cancer rates. So what do you think is the reason uh, policymakers are taking smoking cessation, for instance, in the EU? Um, don't they know much about harm reduction or do you think there are any other reasons? 
I think I think part of the answer is the, the, the last thing you said there, uh, uh, knowledge about what harm reduction is, uh, what SNUS is, uh, for example, or like po po uh, nicotine pouches. Uh, in if you're gonna if you're gonna have the, the Swedish example, um, SNUS has been run for a long time here, and as I said, the, right now when harm tobacco harm reduction is really a political issue, um, it served us well here in Sweden that politicians knew about it and they knew about what snus was and they kind of realized that snus is a thing uh, or oral nicotine is a thing and and people are using it and it doesn't seem to really do any harm in really any, any big sense so they knew that in Sweden I mean in Europe they banned snus before we joined <laughs> so uh, there's no experience of snus uh, or oral oral nicotine products and the only really the product that they are actually know anything about are e-cigarettes which is a good thing but it was still it's not it's not like a tradition that's been around for for 100 years it's like a tradition and it's not even a tradition electronic cigarettes it's uh, it's, it's quite new technology 20 years which is new but it's new in, in some cases so i think the reason there's so much um, hesitation around this is part knowledge and the knowledge that has been passed around has not been passed around by the right entities uh, i mean the nicotine market is is just that it's the market uh, consumers are part of the market as and we can change things like in sweden and in like in great britain where where e-cigarettes e are popular uh, we can change with our wallets what we what we buy. If we, we don't buy cigarettes, well, that's good. <laughs> we we can do that. But there are other other uh, players as well. I mean, like the tobacco companies, for example. They are basically on our side now <laughs> because they want to sell uh, harm reduction products. Most of them, uh, which is good. Uh, but then there are the, the others, like like the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they had a tight grip on the market for tobacco or cigarettes cessation for a very long time. They they spent a lot of money, you know, creating nicotine replacement therapies uh, and spent a lot of money lobbying to doctors and stuff like that to, to, to accept these products as, as a way to quit smoking. Uh, and as we've seen many times, uh, in Sweden and in, in, in the EU, I mean, the pharmaceutical companies tried to medicalize nicotine e-liquid not so long ago, only like 10 years ago, and they failed. So, uh, and the information coming, I think, to many, many, many European leaders is kind of conv convoluted by, by different by different actors on this market. And I think the pharmaceutical companies are really involved when it comes to lobbying their, their products. I mean, they want to make the market theirs again, uh, or like at least a part of it. So I think it's complicated to understand why uh, people or like politicians are really very well educated, but I think lobby is a big part of it. And uh, I mean, if consumers would have this, say, we wouldn't have these regulations that we have today. If consumers were, were, were part of the discussion from the start, I mean, we wouldn't have uh, European standards that kind of just 
are weird, like 10 milliliter bottles and, and uh, nicotine limit for 20 milligrams when, when people really want to buy juice more and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so this is a complicated issue, but I think most of the most of the most of the um, explanations mm -hmm. are in who are giving the information to the, the EU politicians. So uh, you've already mentioned consumers, and uh, from what you said, I can understand that the very fact that policymakers um, are, are fighting harm reduction practices around the globe, not only in the EU, is coming against what consumers want and need, actually. And I want to ask the next question. So if the EU WHO achieve um, the aim, towards the, they are moving um what do you think will be the result for the consumers then well the results for the consumers i mean depending on who you're calling the consumer i mean if, if we were talking about uh we who vape or we who use nicotine pouches and stuff like that uh for us in Europe, I don't think it would be much of a, it wouldn't be a big thing, but we can get the products because it's hard for the EU to, uh, or the, the WHO to, to kind of touch already in place legislation. Uh, for smokers, it would be horrible. It is horrible. It would be status quo. Nothing really happens. I mean, if, if you have like countries in Africa and if you have like India or Asia where smoking rates are really high, and people are dying from, from smoking in a much bigger extent than they are uh, in Europe or in Sweden, uh, where cancer rates, for example, are low. I mean, if you get a ban like you have in India on e-cigarettes, um, <laughs> where people buy cigarettes or, or, or different forms of smoking tobacco, I mean, it's horrible to see what's happening. Uh, on the other hand, <laughs> I mean, if the WHO goes through with their plans that they're planning now, uh, the really demonization of nicotine and, 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 uh, and anything but pharmaceutical products. Uh, mentioned what I said earlier. I mean, uh, there's a reason pharmaceutical products are, are being taken off the list. That's, that, that's not the problem. Uh, vaping is a problem or, or nicotine pouches are the problem. Uh, but I mean, results, I think we're seeing the results now. Uh, I mean, even though the WHO are, are really harsh on vaping uh, and nicotine uh, uh, products, uh, I mean, the numbers are still rising, aren't they? <laughs> and people are using these products anyway because smokers want to use and consumers want to use these products. And I think, I think they can't stop it in the long run, but I think there'll be more and more clear on whether interest lies in this in this issue and uh, i think there's going to be much more battles to come for us i don't know if that answered your question it's a hard one because it's a uh, you see different legislations in different countries and different all around the world i mean the who has a big impact on certain countries but i don't think they have a big impact on other countries it'd be interesting to see what happens when the who now doubles down on, on, on vaping products and see what happens in countries like like Sweden or Norway or or or, or the UK or New Zealand or, or Japan where 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 they real, really are seeing the effects of harm reduction products uh, when it comes to smoking uh, and see how they react to this. 
I talked to a politician the other day here in Sweden uh, about the WHO, and he wasn't really that concerned uh, when it came to what the WHO recommendations are going to be, um, because, I mean, he represents the political party that, that, are, that is ruling Sweden now and has a harm reduction policy. Uh, and he said he wasn't worried at all about what the WHO would say. I mean, screw that. I mean, we have we have low smoking rate in Sweden. We know it's because of snooze and oral product. Uh, doesn't matter if, if a big organization uh, says differently because they can change the numbers. <laughs> in the end. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think... Um... It's important whenever we see as consumers, as vapors, as users of harm reduction products, um, whenever wherever those products are at stake, are threatened, we should it, we should make sure that we raise our voices and actually um, be loud about our stance and how it helps us. Um, and that brings me to my next question. So last week you have participated in a demonstration, Bit Smoking Like the Sweets uh, campaign. It was organized by the WVA, but also Swedish consumers, vape shop owners, local organizations such as You for Snus and New Nicotine Alliance Sweden. And I wanted to ask you about your experience with this demonstration. What was the main message? Why did you participate? Well, this, this was fun. <laughs> That's the most important part. Uh, I think we need to have fun with the tobacco harm reduction movement. That's why I like the, what, what the World Wave Proselytes are doing. I mean, you, you're making activism fun. I think that that's important. Uh, and uh, of course, it's hard to get to get vapors and snooze users in Sweden to get off their butts and do things. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to, to see what happens when you do it. So. Uh, the reason I participated in that, or like uh, with my organization, Web Colon, Vape Colon, Vape Colon is my my job. I I cover I cover I cover what you in the world of Vapers Alliance do. So one of the reasons I participated was to cover it uh, for, for Swedish vapors to see what's going on. And I think the message of uh, of the the um, the manifestation. Mm, I mean, killing cigarettes with Vikings, uh, it's quite symbolic. And I think it's, uh, it's something I don't think many Swedes really see much. Uh, and people who are walking by, uh, seeing the cigarette get beaten down by Vikings, worked. Uh, I think you got lots of attention. And also, I mean, politicians in Sweden uh, usually aren't really aware of the of the situation we have here in Sweden uh, when it comes to low smoking rates because, because we're so used to it. So international attention kind of makes a difference, I think. So that's one of the main reasons I, I joined the, joined, joined the, 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 the project. Um, and also it's nice to meet other people within the industry and within the, with the vaping community. Uh, I mean, in the industry in Sweden when it comes to e-cigarettes, it's kind of... A bit separate from 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 like the snooze industry. The snooze industry is really big here, uh, and they have lots of lobby power, and they can they can they can really be persuasive. Uh, the, uh, the other ones, like the vape uh, shop owners, uh, they're from from a different place. They're, they're like in other countries. They're from the garages of, of Sweden, <laughs> and they grow up. And and some of them have become important players, especially since uh, the disposable market took off here. So 
uh, I think my contribution to 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 the to, to the, the, the quit smoking like the Swedes campaign was basically to get the the vape shops owners involved because they are more and more becoming a part of the harm reduction movement here in Sweden uh, in a different way than snooze users have been uh, and I think they're uh, the companies are most vape shops today are selling nicotine pouches as well here in Sweden. Uh, mm -hmm. Besides e-cigarettes, I think these. I think the vape shops. Just, just to make a point with vape shops, I think vape shops are going to have a really important part to play in the coming years, um, as they become more and more. How can you say this without sounding harsh? Marginalized by, by, by the disposable market. I mean, disposable e-cigarettes, snooze, nicotine pouches. These are really, really attractive commodities for like the 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 the, the mainstream stores, uh, and they are going to take over that market. I mean, you can buy disposables in in, in petrol stations in Sweden. You couldn't do that five years ago. Uh, Petrol stations have always been selling snooze and nicotine pouches, but now they sell disposable vapes as well. Uh, and this has been like the vape shop market before. So I think in, in the future, vape shops are going to have to become something else than what they are today, more like harm reduction specialists and stuff like that. And I think that's important. I think that's something that the vape shop owners need to realize as well, uh, because they've always been in touch with the consumers uh, and, and been consumer driven in, in in a different way than than than, than like Circle K has or, or those. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with you. Actually, we have um, uh, been in contact with a lot of vape shop owners because they are activists themselves. Like yeah. it happens very often that vape shop owners are people who struggle to quit once and then they quit through vaping and then they decided they want to provide with harm reduction products other people too so uh, we have a lot of uh, we have ambassador program which um, basically connects us with the vape shops who connect also us with consumers we work together with them to inform consumers uh, about all um, updates about vaping and how can they raise their voices and that's that's definitely true that's that's an example that's um we have seen in practice too with the World Vapors Alliance. And you have been talking about vaping now specifically apart from snooze. And I want to ask you my next question. Um, so why do you think vaping tends to be under attack? Do you think that's because there is a massive misinformation? Are there any myths about vaping? And if so, how do you think we should fight it? Well, uh, the reason vaping is under attack, I think, it's been attacked all over the world. Well, under attack all over the world for a long time now. I mean, for like ten years, <laughs> really under attack. But uh, and I think the reason for for it being vaping under attack is that it's easy to attack vaping. Uh, I mean, vaping is a, it's a began as kind of a small commodity. <clears throat> And it became really popular uh, quickly. And when something that contains nicotine becomes popular quickly, you're gonna get uh, you have you you're becoming an easy target for for politicians who wants to make a statement or something like that. Uh, but also, I think the reason it's under attack is because it is really threatening. 
in, in, in a market that has been quite you know tight between different uh, companies as I said before I mean tobacco companies sold cigarettes period uh, except in Sweden well they where they sold snooze as well uh, and the pharmaceutical companies they sell smoking cessation products period uh, and then we have a market where, 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 where they kind of compete under customers. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies have always been the good guys in this. They, they have funded quit smoking lines. There's funded uh, lobbying for legislation making. It's harder f for smokers to smoke. Uh, and then they sell their products to smokers who needs to quit uh, because they are for different reasons. Uh, and the tobacco companies has never been touched at all, basically. I mean, taxes on cigarettes. I mean, come on, <laughs> people will buy cigarettes anyway. So it's been kind of a calm market until like vaping came around uh, and just kind of blew the lid uh, in some places uh, as, as an alternative to smoking. Uh, the tobacco company realized that this might be a thing, and I don't know, now they are selling the products. They haven't been that selling e-cigarettes for many years now, but now they are. Uh, and they, they developed their own vaping devices, like the ICOS uh, from Philip Morris, uh, a technology that heats tobacco, which other companies also picked up. And so they kind of evolved in this market as well but they can never ever touch real vaping because that's not the way they do business they uh, they, they, they didn't want to do this until disposables was, was really a thing now disposables are going to be the next thing for big tobacco companies as well i'm sure of it uh, and on the other hand we have the pharmaceutical companies that tried to change the market in a different way by medicalizing nicotine and, and trying different ways of getting their products more attractive and stuff like that. But still, vaping has not been touched by this because vaping is such a consumer-driven thing. I mean, it's a, a small business owners uh, finding customers with us, uh, the consumers who 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 has demand. We have demands on what we want. Uh, so, in that scenario. The reason vaping has been under threat is because of this. I think uh, strong groups within the lobby businesses are really pushing against vaping because it's an easy target for them and no one really wants it there, <laughs> but it's there and it's growing. So uh, that's one of the reasons. Now I forgot the, the, the last part of your question <laughs> it was uh, what we can do about it. Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mostly ask you about the myths. If you think there are any misconceptions, like in terms of misinformation on vaping, because many people falsely believe, even the consumers who might be struggling to quit might believe that vaping, for instance, is more harmful than smoking or equally as harmful. Why do you think that happens? How can we fight it? I think it's part of what I, what I, what I was going for earlier. I mean, this debate is really affected because of the situation of the nicotine market. I mean, the, 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 to get real information on, on health risks of vaping is really difficult today because everyone's saying different things because they listen to different people. I mean, the science is there. I mean, uh, we look at the UK or the US or anywhere where, where real science has been done on vaping. I mean, things are pretty clear of what the risks are. Even the absolute risk are pretty clear if you look at the science. Uh, the relative risk with smoking is undisputable. It's like, uh, it's hard not to see it uh, when it comes to comparing 
smoking and vaping. But I think this 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 infected discussion really affects what goes on in the media as well. I mean, the media has been been very anti-vaping. Lots of media sources are really anti-vaping. Uh, they try to be anti-nicotine now because the, the lobby organization working for 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 a nicotine-free society. I mean basically paid by the pharmaceutical industry, if you ask me, the way I see it. I mean, I'm not conspiratorical about this. I, I, I've seen it, I mean, many times, uh, how this works. But um, so I think the misinformation is really meant to be there. They want to cause a debate on, on these products for a reason. And you can compare this with like the climate issue that's been going on for like longer time than this has. I mean, 30 years ago, that 25 years ago, there was it was quite clear what the greenhouse effect was doing to the climate. We're changing the climate by by basically putting out too much carbon dioxide in the air. There's no, no question, and and the climate is changing. Um, the way uh, that discussion went then was that the all like the strategy from 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 like the oil companies and stuff like that. Don't really know where, but was to cause doubt in this in this uh, this science scientific you know knowledge cause doubt uh, if you cause doubt in something you can always say that non we don't really agree on what is good and what's bad when it comes to policy so and that was is what's happening within the within the nicotine debate as well um the science is there but but those who want something else when it comes to policy they, they cause doubt and they only need to cause it once. Uh, they can use that for their lobby purposes. And I think that's that's a consumer. You get caught up in all this. You, you read the media or see media uh, t talking about risks of e-cigarettes and or like risk for uh, for using snooze pouches and snooze and stuff like that. Um, if you only see that in the media, you see the risks and not much of the benefits. Uh, it's going to be hard to to like make the switch from a cigarette to an e-cigarette because uh, in, in the e-cigarette you find the debate going on oh, that this is supposed to be less harmful than smoking but we've been fooled before by the tobacco industry because they said this and that about cigarettes and we had light cigarettes and they were just as dangerous but no one really understands the technology of an e-cigarette uh, but in the end if we're going to go come to the 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 what we can do i mean what we can do on our side when it comes to tobacco harm reduction side we have time <laughs> and i mean time will tell if e-cigarettes use e-cigarette use was less harmful than smoking we know it is we have the science we know it is but to convince that the pop the, the bigger parts of smoking uh, the smoking population we need time i mean We've seen it with snooze. Time was the issue here. We've been using snooze for a very long time. We have epidemiology, uh, the epidemiology to, to prove that snooze is really not that dangerous for your health. Um, and uh, it's hard to dispute that. I think the same thing will go for e-cigarettes. Uh, and, and the second part, I mean, we need, we're going to get, a, very soon we'll, we will get a critical mass of nicotine users that use uh, e-cigarettes. And that's through the kids, basically. Yeah. We have we have a situation where where, where disposable e-cigarettes is basically flooding the market all over the world. 
We may not like it much. Uh, I mean, as a, as a vapor, I've been working in the vape shops for plenty, lots of years, and I know disposables are like, it's like really not the product I would like to sell to people because it's expensive and it's, uh, you know, everything about it is really wrong and it's environmental disaster and stuff like that. But I do see that uh, people are using these products uh, and they are using them no matter the flavor ban no matter if there's a, it's a if they're not legal to sell like with the tpd standards in europe uh, people are using disposable e-cigarettes and young people are using disposable e-cigarettes and they use them instead of cigarettes and we are going to reach a critical mass soon where we have so many users and so many the sales are so good uh, with disposables it's going to be really really hard to one ban them because it doesn't matter if you ban them <laughs> we've seen that the black market is going to take over then uh, so i think it'll be interesting to see what happens with that uh, i mean in a couple of years it's going to be hard to stop vaping because of disposables then we need to look beyond that and see how do we get back to like normal systems again where actually fillable devices and stuff like that. but that's just speculation i don't know uh, i think i think we, we as a consumer uh, i'm seeing this in a positive light and trying to trying to as a journalist cover it uh, in a decent way and i think that's what we need we need more media attention uh, to what's really happening and you know, what it's like to be a consumer of these products that's what i do what that is why i do what i do i i run a media outlet on it and try to talk to consumers and try to spread that beyond the bubble uh beyond vaping the vaping community and go beyond there and i think another thing that will happen uh, is that we will get more more money into the lobbying of, of harm reduction as, as well i mean now we have big companies interested in this uh, and I think the key point would be to get more, more companies interested in lobbying so we can actually be a part of the discussion, uh, not only in countries like Sweden, where I think we are part of the discussion, but in other countries as well. And I think that goes via sales, <laughs> basically. If, if the tobacco companies can see that they can sell disposable e-cigarettes and nicotine pouches in all countries and make that a big part of their, their interest, I mean, yeah, we're going to see a change when it comes to attitudes as well um what's interesting to me is that you have mentioned time and the time will prove that vaping actually works as it works as an effective harm reduction method but if policy makers are going to keep banning those products in different countries at least it's going to be postponed in time right and it's yeah. very good in this situation that we have Sweden's example, we have the UK and countries where uh, harm reduction strategies are endorsed. And uh, as someone who is living in Sweden, who is tobacco harm reduction um, advocate in Sweden, um, I'm moving towards my last question. Uh, my question would be, what would be your message to consumers worldwide? Because this fight is going on globally, right? So how should they follow your example? Oh, it's hard to follow an example. Uh, I mean, that, that's why I'm a bit, uh, I, I'm a bit skeptical about, about Sweden as an example here, because we have such a different situation here. It's hard to be an example uh, when it's, it's not easy, but, but it's, I think the key, I think the key and what, what we need to do uh, is really 
make sure that we reach out of, of our, our normal bubbles. I mean, and, and see ourselves as consumers more. Um, a good example, I mean, when we look at the, in Sweden, for example, uh, we had a flavor ban coming for e-cigarettes uh, just last year. Uh, and even though uh, we weren't really organized at all in Sweden, because it's hard to organize vapors in general, and it's even harder to organize uh, snooze users. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's impossible because everyone uses snooze here, so they don't see themselves as a group. <laughs> I mean, as vapors, we are a group. So I think for vapors around the world, they would, of course, need to organize in small groups and reach out to politicians in simple ways. Uh, I mean, calling them, um, just making them answer questions about harm reduction products. That's what we did here uh, when the flavor ban came. We organized consumers uh, and reached out to politicians, the right politicians, I should say, the right ones. We can reaching out to the wrong politicians won't work. But you need to find a way. You need to educate yourself on on who to talk to when it comes to policies. Um, that's one thing, uh, and we can get lots of help from 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 from, from other organizations that are really useful here. So that would be one thing. Uh, if Sweden is going to be an example of how to fight for harm reduction, talk to the consumers organizations here, talk to the companies here, what have they done and learn from their examples maybe. Um, I think that, that that's that's one way of going about it. Sweden as, as an example, I mean, we're seeing changes here now. Uh, we haven't been a good example really, except for that we're not talking anymore. Uh, the policies here are, has been horrible on, on vaping and snooze and we have taxes here and there. but. I think we're going to see change maybe here as well, because right now the government is very pro-harm reduction and they have orchestrated uh, for the last couple of years uh, uh, an intention of making the official strategies in Sweden harm reduction positive as well. They haven't been so before. Uh, and to do that, they have an investigation going on the different harms, like the one they did in the, in the UK. <laughs> it has been going in now, 10 years after that, in Sweden, we have that kind of investigation going. The public health agency uh, has kind of has to change their stance, I think, on harm reduction as well. And when that happens, maybe Sweden will be one will be one of the countries like the UK or New Zealand that actually embraces harm reduction. But we haven't seen it yet. So when that happens, uh, I think it'd be Sweden will be a better example. But for now, I think. Use Sweden as an example, but talk to consumers in Sweden, like like most people do, and, and find us and, and see what, how we did when we fought the flavor ban, for example, because there was a flavor ban, uh, and the flavor ban was almost implemented uh, for, for nicotine pouches as well, but that didn't work. God help us, someone thought, and the government, <laughs> if, we, if we're going to ban flavors in snooze, we're going to be screwed, because, yeah. <laughs> We have 1.5 million snooze users in Sweden. We don't want to mess with that many voters <laughs> in a certain point of time. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. It's hard to be an example when you're you're in a different position than, than, than everyone else is, because I know of, of the fights in different countries. So I know that they're really, they don't have our position here.
so maybe I mean another small point as I made about disposable disposable cigarettes and nicotine pouches. One thing that will happen is that these products will really take off in every country. I think the black market is going to flood every every country. In time, I think it's, they can't ban them. I mean, you can't ban <laughs> disposables. We've seen that. And I think in other countries, they need to kind of embrace that. Uh, and also the consumers need to embrace it. For now, I think disposables as a, as a, as a product has been kind of a pariah or black sheep within the, the harm reduction movement. Uh, I think we need to rethink that in the different countries and kind of see what this market is doing for harm reduction. Uh, so there could be an idea on how to work with, with the, in, in other countries. I think disposables is going to be the world's snooze, to be honest, <laughs> I think. You might see that. Uh, so it's something to explore, I think, to, to, to learn from our example, because, I mean, the reason Sweden has low smoking rate is because of, of a long tradition of using a product that really wasn't accepted, but it kind of worked. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so, so yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, many countries around the globe will still see that harm reduction products actually work. They improve public health and they will adjust their policies to hopefully harm reduction <laughs> yeah. uh, strategies. Um, thanks a lot, Stefan, for your interview, for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I hope I made some sense. It's, it's, it's always interesting to see how people react to, 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 to the environment that you live in yourself. <laughs> well, so really seeing it all the time. So, Always so. a pleasure having you. Thanks so much. And thanks everyone for watching Vaping Unplugged. Um, I encourage you all to stay tuned for our next episode. And don't forget to sign up for the World Vapers Alliance in case you haven't done so already. Have a great weekend, everyone. Everyone, bye. Hi, everybody. I'm Bengt Wieber, one of the founders of the EU for Snooze movement with members from more than 100 nations. We fight to allow snooze and any safer nicotine alternative to smoking within the European Union. Privately, I'm a snooze pouch inventor. The Swedish experience of snooze uh, is, is really a huge thing because in Sweden we consume the same rate of nicotine as all the other European Union countries average. But we have less than half of lung cancer, oral cancer, cardiovascular diseases as compared to the rest of the Union. And this comes from Sweden having, Swed Swedish people have the freedom to choose safer alternatives to smoking. So my advice to the European Union and to the World Health Organization is copy paste the Swedish regulations and you will see smoking rates drop so my name is Atakan Befritz. I am again just recently voted as the chair of the Swedish Consumers THR organization, NNA Sweden. That is an amalgamation of EU for Snooze and Swedish Vapors Association and NNA Sweden. Um, 
I'm working, we are working as hard as we can to get a national acceptance and acknowledgement of tobacco harm reduction in the form of snus and now in the form of pouches here in Sweden so that that is a basis for our policy exports to the EU and also the EU to the rest of the world. Because doing one thing and saying another is not going to be useful for LMICs. And LMICs is where 80% of current smoking initiation takes place and where 80% of smoking related disease and death will happen over the coming 40 years. Harm reduction in Sweden came about in late 1500, so it's been around for 300 years. It's been used by only men, only blue collar, up until circa 1980. And then between 1980 and 2000, a massive switch among white collar men only exclusively. And from 2005 somewhere, it started happening in women as well. And that is something that pains me to say that that should not happen in the rest of the world. We should not leave women behind. We, sh we, we shouldn't leave anybody behind. That's sort of a important part of the SDGs, leaving no one behind. So we need to accept as a nation that we have tobacco harm reduction, that it has been massively useful, massively beneficial, very little harm, and that is what we need to export. That is a view that we need to export. I'm Fritte. I'm a vape distributor in Sweden. Why I became a vape distributor in Sweden because I grew up in a family home where everybody was smoking and I saw people going ill. I saw friends stop trying to quit smoking and nobody managed to do it properly. Except for one guy. He picked up a vape. And that's where this, my tale starts. Smoking has been around for over hundreds of years and it's been nurtured into our society in a way that it's a mature thing, it's an adult thing to do, and it's a good pastime. But um, for about a hundred years ago, we realized it was dangerous. It was not maybe so super good. And we held that uh, perspective that it was not bad for you to do until like 50s, 60s, somewhere. And now we are in a movement where we are actually shifting out cigarettes. Even the tobacco companies have now come to the cross and are shifting out their you know, regular cigarette products. But they want to cap the market. So between big tobacco and big pharma, they want to cap the nicotine market. Now, there's a wide conception, a wide misconception out there that nicotine is the enemy. Nicotine is actually not the enemy. Is it health? No, it's not healthy. But it's not as bad. What's actually killing you with a cigarette is the combustion. It's the tar, it's the carbon dioxide. That's what's killing you. None of those are in a vape or in a nicotine pouch.